season two of Vinyl Ventures. And who would think that we'd be here at season two? But we are. It's pretty awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. There's nothing weird going on, is there? No. No. Still. It's just a crazy time. Almost exactly to the to the day we recorded uh, an episode in the first season. Yeah. And uh, here we are a year into this freaking mess that we're in. And uh, this is a really depressing intro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's season two, so that's pretty awesome. It's exciting yes. that it's season two and that we've had the wherewithal to get through 18, 19 episodes. And we have who with us today, John? Kit. Hi. Kit Heyman. How's it going? Highly recommended guest from Rob Coyle. Uh, Rob's a good dude. Good and, friend. Yeah, he's a great guy. And man, his show, I don't know if you listened to it, but it was... It was awesome. It was great. But it was li like listening to Rob in any other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard it. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about records. We, that's all we talk about. I just love it because like once we nailed down the opportunity to talk to him, he's like, man, I... I just don't know that I have anything to say. And if we had more time, we would have been there for five hours. Oh, he's got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. um, he's been in the business his whole life. Yeah. And been around records his whole life. Um, I don't, you know, besides uh, sports. Yeah. It's his number one. Yeah. It's amazing. Actually. Well, thanks for agreeing to be with us. I know that it's taken a long time. Yeah. Uh, to kind of get this nailed down too. But, you know, he came, you came very highly recommended from Rob. So I really no pressure. It. No pressure. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> so rather than I hope I'm uh, impressive of some sort. You Absolutely. Will be great. So you got a George Jones hat on. How can you not be? And a Foo Finders switch. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm all over the place. I, I tried to bring records out that, you know, kinda shows my diversity as far as my music taste. Um, my favorite records pretty much that I'm, I like to listen to. I'm the same way, man. I just I I, I look at the stuff that I have. And it's getting, the numbers are getting so that occasionally I forget that I have this or that. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm schizophrenic when it comes to, <laughs> yeah. it comes to music. It's like yeah. a dive bar jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a Hold on. I'm putting that on my uh, new band name list. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good one. So, uh, so Kip, rather than having us ramble on about your, your bio, why don't you give us the quick rundown of. Um, well, I grew up in Waldron, Indiana, really small town, like 700 people live in it. I have never heard of Waldron, Indiana. It is. It's right outside of Shelbyville. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably heard of Shelbyville. It's yeah. kind of the, I guess, the uh, mecca. The big city. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, I grew up there, uh, grew up around music my whole life. Probably the first band I ever listened to was Led Zeppelin. I was hooked right away. Houses of the Holy is probably the first record I ever heard. Oh, uh, I, that, that, that's up there for me. Yeah. And my dad was probably about my age when like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. So I was here hearing that yeah. as it was kind of happening. happening. Yeah. Did and you have siblings? Yeah. I have a younger sister. Oh, and, younger yeah. sister. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we grew up listening to bands like No Doubt, Blink-182. Oh, yeah. We used to go to concerts when we were younger. My parents would take us to see bands like that. Which was cool. So that's, that's neat having a father who is that big of an influence. I mean, oh yeah. Um, and then I picked up the guitar at age nine, and I'm still playing to this day, gigging regularly, and you know, trying to in this pandemic. I don't know, not getting very 
far with the gigs right now, but I mean, my band was doing about 60 shows a year. No kidding. Wow, yeah. That's great. Playing reggae music. No oh, kidding. Wow. Yeah. So, and we put records out on our own and we're called Preston Black. We, I've been playing, doing that, writing songs for the last 10 years under that name That's since awesome. I was in high school. That's fantastic. And always reggae? Uh, no, we were kind of like, I was doing kind of heavier alternative music on the first record and then, you know, I, my clash influence got the best of me <laughs> yeah. and I started, I wanted to be like Joe Strummer and then like <laughs> just kept going that direction and I just never get tired of it. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, and I was selling more albums and when we were playing out when I was doing reggae music, okay. like everybody's kind of doing heavy rock. I went a different direction. I was like, hey, I'm able to sell CDs. I'm going to keep writing these songs. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. You know, a couple bands have figured that out. Yeah. The Police. Yeah. Clash. Yeah, yeah Sublime. <laughs> Sublime. Yeah, there I are mean, a lot of bands who figured it yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I had no idea. Yeah, and they can kind of fit us into mm. um, playing with other bands that, I don't know, we just can kind of fit with anything. Really. Yeah. yeah. It's just easy to do we don't mind playing with a country band or a hard rock band metal band we, Man, we seem to fit right in there we talk about it all the time but whatever you love you love mm-hmm. and if it makes you feel good and you know do it yeah. that's you know i used to be in my like later teen years i was probably a little much a bit of a snob when it came to music mm-hmm. if you look at some of the stuff i was listening to that was ironic but <laughs> i I've, I've said it multiple times, but talking to everybody about how things began for them as a music lover, as a musician, it has done nothing but opened my mind, our minds yeah. to a lot of different stuff. Absolutely. And I got to say, one of the best songs that The Clash ever wrote, Know Your Rights. Oh, exactly. This and is a public service announcement with guitars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like the kind of the guitar tone on that track. Oh. Like it's got like the de- the delay and yeah. it's kind of borderline rockabilly with punk. And I freaking love that song, man. Yeah. That's such a good song. Well, um, you hear where Mick Jones wanted to take the clash with Big O Audio Dynamite, yep. which was more reggae. Yeah. yeah. It dance, I guess. It that's all over the place. Yeah, I, it really and is. I love those records too, and I like Joe Strummer's solo stuff. Yeah. And the Mescalero. Yeah. Really yeah. good stuff. I mean, yeah. It had a big impact on me. I yeah. mean, when I was really small, I remember hearing the London Calling album for the first time as a kid. It changed everything for me. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, I think it was uh, Train in Vain was the first song that I like. I said, this is good. There's just something about this. This is really good. And that I, song is so like unbelievably good, but so weird. It's a weird if song. If you break it down, mm-hmm. it kind of sounds like it could have been recorded in the 50s. Right. And it's like, it's incredible. And I think that's what made me really pick up the guitar yeah. is stuff like that, you know. And I just have this weird attachment to The Clash and the Ramones and stuff like that because I was really young hearing that for the first time. Oh. Yeah. kind of brings me back. I can remember when I heard it and being excited about it. Yeah, dude, the Ramones too. I mean... You know, they, they are certainly not like, you know, um, virtuosic m- musicians, but no. damn. But yeah, they're. I used to write to Tommy Ramone when I was in high school. Before oh, he did you away. really? Did and, you really? Yeah, and he used to send me all this cool stuff he would autograph for me. Oh, I should have brought this stuff in, but I, did, I got so much crap at home. I, 
Can't no, that's a in. that's a cool story, yeah. you know, that you wrote and, to the um, band. And I, I used to write to him, and he had a uh, bluegrass band I thought was interesting, and they used to play not too far from me in Madison, Indiana, all the time. I never got the chance to see them, but I was like, oh, man, I can't believe they were in Madison, but I couldn't even drive at the time. Yeah. yeah. It, but it was really cool to find out he played mandolin, and he was really good at mandolin. No like, kidding. Like, super, like, Bill Monroe good. Wow. Yeah, and not a lot of people know that about him. Huh. And he used to send me these posters of him with his mandolin. He'd sign the bottom of it for yeah. me. And there was one time I he wrote, he gave me a picture of him behind the drums with the Ramones. He's like, to Kit, please stay in school. Don't quit like <laughs> I did. That's great. Yeah. You gotta get, if, you, if you have access to that, like reasonably... I, I, I do, and I think I actually gave Rob a Tommy Ramone autograph at one. If time. you can take a picture of that, I'd love to see that. I'd ha- yeah. yeah, I'll have yeah. to dig it out. Yeah. It, I got scrapbooks of I used to write to musicians and celebrities and stuff when I was a kid and to they, get autographs. That's awesome. That is man. really cool. That's like an old school thing. Because yeah, yeah. People don't people don't really do and that anymore. I'll, there was a lot of times it worked out, and a lot of times I never heard back from anybody. Yeah. Tommy Chong was another one that I got was really cool. <laughs> and uh, Robin Williams, I wrote to him after he had heart surgery. I heard, I've heard from a few people that wrote yeah. to him. And he wrote back, he put to Kit Rock On. He sent me a picture. Oh, man. It was really cool. That's had incredible. had music notes and stuff on. It's really, really cool signature. When oh. he died, I was like really bummed out. Oh, me too, man. Yeah. That's a that's, huge loss. That's incredible. Because I think about people like that. It's like, well, you know, they do care. Yeah. There's people yeah, out do. there that do care about their fan base. And they're and, usually, I mean, and they're usually genuinely happy that you care and you care yeah. and I care and too. And they, they probably love getting a letter because, you know, just as Jay said, that doesn't and, happen that much. No. I, I never really mentioned their work very much when I wrote letters. Yeah. I and I and if I did, it was always something most recent. I never give that secret out. Because everybody loves their most recent work. Right. Even yeah. when I meet people to this day, I talk to them about that. You know, like uh I played at Billy Corgan's uh Madame Zuzu's club before mm-hmm. that he has a tea shop and uh I had the chance to sit and talk with Billy no kidding for over an hour and have tea with him and super cool guy yeah I mean, no matter you hear these stories about how he's this and that he's he, one of the nicest people i've ever met and he gives such good advice and he loves records and i actually have some records in my collection that were his oh yeah that he sold through the store like donovan and uh some uh some jazz records stuff yeah. like that that i got from him at his shop but what's really cool about him is is that you know he'll just sit and talk to you about music forever. And I, the one thing I did was I did not mention anything about melancholy and the infinite sadness, nothing about Siamese dream. No I'm, like, I'm like, what is it like, you know, working on your last album with Rick Rubin and what, you know, what's Rick like and what do you got coming up? Yeah. That's how I am with people. Well, and that's a good way to be because if, you know, as people are still trying to sell music. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, they want to talk about their new yeah. stuff. They yeah. want to talk about their new stuff. It, so it, Artists are excited about making new music and creating. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think it gets boring hearing, I love Bullet, you know, with butterfly wings. And, yeah. You know. And they, they probably get a little weary of hearing that same thing sure. all the time. Yeah, and I got my picture with Billy and everything. It was a, it was a really cool day. It was about probably... Three years ago today probably around this time and uh yeah I, i've met a lot of people 
I was at a uh, show with Billy Corgan. He was he was at the same show I was at. It was uh, Peter Hook, mm-hmm. who used to be in Joy Division. That's awesome. And New Order, and Billy was up there, and his guitarist came down and played with Peter. So it was pretty cool. Wow, wow. that's cool. I, I believe Peter Hook's son plays in the Pumpkins yeah. now. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Yeah, and he's super talented. Yeah. And Peter Hook is out of this world. Oh, hmm. yeah. I mean, he tries to go to Chicago every time he tours, mm-hmm. and I've seen him a couple times up there at the Metro, which is, I think, pretty close to where Billy lives there in Wrigleyville. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, Billy hmm. was living in Highland Park for a while around okay, that yeah, area. Yeah. And that's where his shop is. Uh, he's got a new shop now that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. If you ever get a chance and you're in Highland Park, it's a nice place to visit. And uh, yeah, hopefully when the pandemic's over, I can go up there and play again. I've been up there about six times and I've only met him once out of the times that I've been up there to perform. That's really cool. Then I'll just sit there and have some tea with you and and Yeah. As long as it doesn't get out of control. Yeah. Because it started to get out of control when more people came in from out of town. Yeah. Like, oh my God, there he is. Mm -hmm. And then they got it. Yeah, together and, with him, and he got. He's like, I gotta go. Yeah, it'd be a little. He's like, anxiety. see you later. <laughs> yeah, have a good night. <laughs> but yeah, he's super cool. I can and, I can understand that. Yeah, you know. but he was taking pictures with people as they were asking. Like, yeah, sure that was really cool. I'm sure he's gracious because you know. Yeah, um, it. I I couldn't imagine being in that position. Yeah, it, you it's know, a lot of weight. Nerve wracking. Yeah. You don't know these people, <laughs> and I. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I kind of broke the ice being like, hey, I'm performing here tonight. I was sitting one table away from him mm-hmm. and I was wanting to strike up conversation. I'm like, yeah. do it. Do I do it? I call my dad. I walk outside and I'm like, dad, should I do this? I said, Billy Corgan's right there. He's like, what are you doing? Just go in there and talk to him. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You're being stupid. Why are you talking to me? So I pretended I forgot my wallet in my car to try <laughs> to not be so weird. Like, why'd this guy just walk outside and come back in? So then I came back in and I'm like, hey, Billy, how you doing? And struck up conversation and ended up, uh, I didn't bring that record, but I have his solo record and it, he had signed that record, not that day, but it was like an autographed copy yeah. I got from up there on blue vinyl. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty good record. If you get a chance to hear it, his what, solo stuff. What, and I mean, at what point in your life, what was that spark? early on that kind of set you off as a music fan, as a vinyl fan, as, as a musician, what uh, do you think it was? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe like, when did it happen? When did I know that I wanted to play music or get into it? Well, for me, um, I was five years old mm-hmm. and, um, I was born in 1974. So the, the country, you know, country's second golden age happened in, you know, sure. around 1980, mm-hmm. Alabama, Yeah, uh, you know, go through the whole list of them. I became such a country music fan. I started playing banjo, That's took awesome. banjo lessons mm-hmm. at six years old. They didn't stick, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it was, it was that kind of thing that was like, you know, I'm obviously, I'm a musician too, but obviously I, um, have another job. I but, do too. It's yeah. okay. I yeah. mean, most, most do. It's hard. But it's hard. Was, was there something, you know, you know, as a young kid uh, that your dad introduced you to or that you? Well, it, my dad, you know, said, you know, if you're going to play guitar, take it seriously. Don't act. He always told me not to pretend to know what I'm doing. 
He's like, you need to really learn how to do it. Don't think you can play guitar because you have one. And fake it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good advice. Um, and also, I introducing me to uh, Led Zeppelin, pretty much. Yeah. Kicked it off watching Jimmy Page with the violin bow. Because the minute I got a hold of a violin bow, I destroyed it. <laughs> thinking I could. Yeah. And I didn't I, even I really didn't know how to play. Like, yeah. I was like, this is cool. Look, I can do it. And then I destroyed a really expensive violin bow at one time. But um, no, it, what really sparked it off is when I figured out I could play by ear. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was pretty good with my ear when my music teacher started to notice me who used to put me down in school. She used to say that I had no talent. Oh, gosh. I wasn't going anywhere with music because it didn't interest me. We'd yeah. be sitting there singing these kids' songs. And I want to hear Lead Belly. I want to hear, you know, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to talk about Robert Johnson. Yeah. And that's stuff also that and I grew up she's probably, around. why does this kid know who Robert Johnson is? <laughs> yeah. Or, or she was like, I, who's I, Robert Johnson? I grew up to figure out she was actually really cool and she was into music like Joan Baez and stuff like that. And um, I learned to appreciate her a lot more, but I was pretty rebellious as a kid in elementary school. And when I learned, to, I figured out how to play All Apologies by Nirvana. And I told her um, you know, I learned to play guitar, but I didn't learn from a teacher. I taught myself and I taught myself this song by Nirvana. I love Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, come in and play it for all the kids. So I came in and played all apologies and I played it all the way through. I didn't sing at the time. She's like, hold on a minute. She calls the principal. The principal comes in and she's like, you got to see him do this. And I'm <laughs> sitting there playing all apologies. I'm nine years old. Oh, you're not. Yeah, I'm so, not yeah. playing all apologies. And they're just blown away. And I said, okay, this is cool. Yeah. They're liking me. Yeah. I used to have to go up to the office getting in trouble. <laughs> now I'm getting praised. Now for, I've got a new little. I avenue. was told I was stupid for liking this. <laughs> now I'm told I'm okay. I'm pretty good. And they let me play in the programs at school after that. I was playing, uh, I played Dust in the Wind by Kansas the oh, next my gosh. year. That's awesome. And like all the parents were like, whoa. Yeah, like, all the parents are like, Because they know yeah, Kansas. That's our stuff. Yeah, that's our generation. <laughs> all the dads are lighting joints. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, <laughs> the second song was uh, In the Pines, Lead Belly. Oh, which, man. Where Did You Sleep Last Night, yeah. Nirvana. And it was just like, I don't know. That was it for me. It was learning that or teaching myself all those things, mm-hmm. Nirvana and. I got into playing Green Day songs from Dookie and those records. And then I really got into playing uh, like Cream songs. That's where I really learned to take it seriously in Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just really took my playing to a whole different level. I was learning how to do the lead stuff. And then Eddie Van Halen. Mm. Yeah. I sat there. R.I.P., man. Right. But I always loved Van Halen as a kid. But Dad said, if you ever want to learn to play like a really good guitar player, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I sat there. And by the time I was in junior high, I was playing Eruption and playing songs like Summer Nights or Panama. Yeah. And everybody's like, whoa, this is this kid's crazy. Yeah. That's I think uh, All Apologies was a good choice because Rape Me would have been a bad one to play. Yeah, that would have yeah, been a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Even though I, I love, I, I knew how to play that song though. Yeah, like that was you know everything on in utero. I learned front that, to back everything. I, I don't know if you've listened before, but we talked about sophomore albums, mm-hmm. and that's not really their sophomore album. No, but um, I wasn't a Nirvana fan until in utero came out because at that time 
we're a little older than you. At that time, they were on the radio. The first record sure. was every, every moment. Yeah, Nevermind was but everywhere. But I, I tell you what, man, Heart Shaped Box came on MTV, and I'm like, what? Well, what just happened? I almost <laughs> brought this today, and I didn't know what I was walking into today up here, so I didn't bring it. I have a safety master tape from the In Utero Sessions that I, in my collection. Oh, my gosh. But I didn't want to bring it out in 10th yeah, Street yeah, yeah. and anything. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no I've actually never brought it out of the house. I had bought it at, from someone who worked at Bad Animal Studio in Seattle. No kidding. It's heart-shaped <laughs> box and all apologies. The safety master, when they had Kurt come in and record the guitar parts and the vocal parts, I probably shouldn't even announce that I own it because I don't know if I'm supposed to or how that works, but I do own it. That's incredible. It is the coolest thing I own probably. That's that's amazing. a that's but, a pretty cool thing. To yeah, own. but it wasn't a record, so I was like, right. well, I may not bring it. No, yeah. it's it's music related, man. Yeah, I I got lucky when I bought that. I bought that when I was about twenty one years old. No kidding. Yeah, it's like one of those things. Like this is probably an investment. Mm -hmm. I think I paid like four hundred dollars, which is a lot of money for me at the time. Yeah. For yeah. Tape. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were you were full in on the game at twenty one. Sure. Yeah. That's incredible. But also at the same time, I've got to tour all of the Northwest uh, about two or three times now and got to work with people that knew the guys in Nirvana. And I got to record at K Records there in Washington, which put out Beck's first mm -hmm. stuff and stuff like that. So That's I've got cool, to man. live a cool life. Absolutely. In my young life. Yeah, yeah. So what was your... What was the first album you bought with your own money? To tell you the truth, the first album I ever bought with my own money would probably have to be, I would say, Foo Fighters one by one. Ah, yeah, that's a great that, one. Yeah, I, I didn't really have, you know, I always bought CDs from flea markets and stuff. My parents would buy them for fifty cents or yep, yeah, yeah. And I had Insomniac, Green Day, all this stuff, but. With my own money, I walked in. I heard all my life. I was like, "I gotta have it. It's thirteen ninety nine. <laughs> I got twenty dollars, and that was probably the first record or CD I bought. I um, think I think the first one I actually like bought with my own money was Van Halen fifty one fifty at Kmart in Greenwood. That's an awesome one. I bought mine when our shop was still Karma. Mm -hmm. Bought it there. <clears throat> That's awesome. That yeah. is a that is a great, great first record. Then I came back in and bought the Foo Fighters self-titled album, mm -hmm. <laughs> like two weeks later. Yeah, uh, I did some work for my grandparents. I was like, had a little uh, change I got burning a, a hole, ten dollars or something. Yeah, and the CD was four ninety nine used. I said, I gotta have it. That ray gun on the front is so cool. Yeah, gotta have that. That's incredible. Yeah. So, you started playing guitar, mm -hmm. played a little uh, Nirvana for the class. Mm -hmm. Where did it go from there, obviously? what Was that around the time that In Utero came out? No, no. I'm, no, it was way I'm after way then, young. right? Okay. Uh, in Utero, uh, Kurt Cobain was far dead by the time I was playing. two years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, um, at that point, I started getting into a lot of 90s grunge heavily listening to it yeah and uh like things like mud honey yeah there uh, was it, so much of that that was I, so awesome i was way too late 
I was born too late mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything I liked was all that early '90s, late '80s stuff. Mother Love Bone. Yeah, and I got to meet Chris Cornell. That's another story. That's oh, cool. did when you I really? Was like fourteen. Yeah, uh, super nice guy. How how did that happen at a show? Yeah, it was a show. They had okay. a like a signing. A limited number of people could put five dollars down toward his solo record, and everybody's like, "Screw that! I'm not doing that." Best decision I ever made. I begged my dad for five dollars at the show. I said, "I gotta meet him." I had a Temple of the Dog picture in my pocket, oh, thinking yeah. I could love, possibly meet him. Love just that with record. The thought. Yeah, I was yeah. like, tore it out of a magazine. It was him and Eddie Vedder from a mm-hmm. Temple of the Dog show, and then they were like, "No, you can get this poster signed." I was like, "Okay, cool," because the poster looked way better than my ratty picture. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I stood there. He comes up. He, I was first in line. He comes up and he shakes my hand and he goes. Uh, he starts talking to me, and I told him that, that you know he was my favorite songwriter at the time. And he's like, "Well, what's your favorite song?" I said, "Say hello to heaven." Absolutely, my favorite song. He's like, "We'll see if we can play it tonight." <laughs> oh, I so kid this you was not. Before the show, yeah, that's awesome. The last song they play, he asked the crowd to bum rush the, to the stage, and then they start playing it. Huh. My dad and I went straight from the lawn all the way down to the front. People were knocking over security guards to get to the front, <laughs> and it was just like a big mess. But there wasn't a lot of people cleared out by the time he was playing. Yeah, but a lot of people were coming down, and then they got. Was out. it his solo show? Though? Yeah, yeah. What? what it was right after he left uh, Audio Slave. Right after he did so uh, the Carry On was Carry the solo on, record. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was his second solo right. tour or whatever second solo album. Yeah. But it was funny because they like doubled up on security man i never seen so many security guards standing there not trying to not let people right. into the vip area so like by the time i see a seven foot tall security guy i'm like okay i'm not i'm good right here i'm not getting any closer but, i think you're thinking i think there used to be at at klipsch yeah 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 there was a Air real group. big <laughs> dude that was a security guy he was. He also did security at basketball games. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I called him Lurch. He had the yeah glasses. Dude, I've probably that been guy? to the same shows you have, and probably. you probably called him that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. We were standing there. No, he. I saw him grab a guy by the face once. <laughs> I kid you not. He, he was grabbed. A, a, he was like six so eight. Or, you guys probably remember the days at the concerts out there when they used to get really out of control. Uh-huh. Oh he, yeah. It, it's tame compared to what it used to be. They used to light the lawn on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It used to be, get crazy. Ozfest and May Day, all that stuff. All of the Fest, it used festival to get crazy. shows. Yeah. They'd rip the lawn up. Lollapalooza when those yeah. were there. Oh, yeah. Those I didn't, I never went, but I so heard when those stuff got nuts. out of control, I could see they were calling him on the walkie talkie and he'd come out and clean house. Mm-hmm. I remember one time at a Dropkick Murphys concert, people got, and it was Dropkick Murphys oh, in the Offspring. Oh, wait a minute, people got out of control at a Dropkick <laughs> Murphys concert? <laughs> I think it was mainly because the Offspring. I don't know what it is about the Offspring, but it gets crazy. Was that the one at the lawn? Yeah. I was there. Yeah. He, that day, I just remember him grabbing people for moshing. And I remember, I think it was the Dropkick Murphys were like, come on, the kids just want to dance. Mm-hmm. Come on. And he was like grabbing people, dude. But I don't remember that because I was completely shit-faced at that show. Yeah, I almost lost my, I had a guitar pick necklace made out of silver that my parents got for me. And it got ripped off of me. And I dove to the ground oh. into the pit to grab it. Luckily, oh. somebody picked me up. That's so funny because if it is the same dude, it's the guy that works at the field house, or yeah. used to, yeah, long yeah. ago. I know but, exactly who you're and, talking And you know what else? The guy's a freaking lawyer. 
Oh, oh, is he? He just does the security thing. On I hope side. he doesn't sue us for talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was doing his job. He was a real tall dude, wore glasses, yeah. dark hair, and his voice, he sounded like Lurch. Yeah. But I remember he grabbed this one guy by the face that was just like trying to kick him. He was a really little guy. I don't know why you would think you could fight this dude. He just grabbed him. I think it was at X-Fest. And he just goes, <laughs> the dude was in the air. <laughs> yeah. And he just, <laughs> you know what made him think that? Well, Massive amounts of alcohol. Yeah, and other, that's true. Other, and other substances. Yeah, I would say so. That's incredible, man. I saw the Chris, sorry, I saw the Chris Cornell show um, at the Murat. I was the, there too. The solo show. It was great. Just him and the guitarist. Mm-hmm. And he was sick that day. Yeah. Funny enough, I won tickets to that show from WTTS. And my wife and I were kind of like on the, I'd never seen Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of on the fence. Man, was that an incredible show. If if you missed it, you missed something special. Oh, he was you, amazing. Those shows were so good. Um, that was probably the best times I had seen him. The first time was probably one of my favorites, too, there at Clips. But I had seen Soundgarden three times as well. Seen him do solo show. I, I think I've been to about six or seven shows that mm-hmm. I've seen him do. But Soundgarden was awesome, man. They were one of my favorites. I'd seen them do the uh, one show with Bush here. That was kind of a weird combination. I think I saw them on the... Uh, were they on Lollapalooza 2? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, not the In original. The 96 or so? Yeah. Well, no, it would have been... 94? 5? 93, maybe. Way but before my time, but... So that was 93 or 92, yeah. Super They were unknown. really good. Yeah. Back <laughs> Yeah, they were really out of this world back then. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I'll miss seeing him play, man. He was just incredible. The shows were great. Every every time I saw him, the last time I saw him was a week before he passed away. Oh, you, you went the, to that the, show? Yeah. yeah. And I was in the front row. My dad had never seen Soundgarden, so I was like, Dad, let's go. I'll bring you. And something was off. You could tell, yeah. He did not really look like himself i'd seen him so many times i was like this is weird had a weird vibe that night i uh i have a friend that was at the show in detroit yeah which was the last one and he said the same thing yeah something just didn't i can tell in indianapolis he wasn't himself okay so let's get back on track and get our groove on and talk about vinyl i see what you did there yeah yeah i see i like that nice because of the grooves in the record right yeah yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> well, let's tell you about the times that I started buying records when uh, I was in about fourth grade, and uh, I used to go to yard sales. They were ten cents a piece most of the time, or free. Oh, the good old days! Oh God, I I remember having to go through records, and I would go, okay, I have a copy of Dark Side of the Moon, and I would go through five of them at a time. I got copies of The Wall. I got copies of Houses of the Holy. I'm going through all this stuff back then. Mm-hmm. Or if I didn't really necessarily like a band, oh, I don't like Tom Petty at the time or something. Uh, the records were so cheap back then. But I used to buy a bunch of them and just take them home, and all these kids would go, what are you going to do with those things? They used to make fun of me yeah. for liking Did you them. have a turntable? Yeah, I oh, had a okay. turntable okay. at the time. It was kind of like a gigantic unit. I'd listen to them. Like a piece of furniture. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> I had it all the way up till I was about 20, 21. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Then... Uh, I think actually when I moved out about when I was about 21, because I had stayed in my mom and dad's till I was 21, mm-hmm. not ashamed of it. Nope. Uh, no it got shame. expensive to live 
in my neighborhoods. Yeah. And uh, anyways, they I think they ended up taking it and burning that thing finally. <laughs> and it wouldn't even burn, dude. It's like so gigantic. But I love that thing. Um, but I would listen to... Uh, I would buy... I had so many Van Halen records, Women and Children First, and I always had like multiple copies: Van Halen One, Two, Women and Children First. I had yeah, because when they're a dime a piece, why yeah, not? Right, and I listened to 1984 a hundred times. Dude, like, Women and Children First, though. Uh, fair Fair right. Warning is my favorite, like original. Yeah, like I think Women and Children First is my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, fair Warning. I just like Fair Warning because of how like dark it right. is. But women and children, it's just weird. Yeah. All the different... Loss like, of Control is like one of the coolest Van Halen songs. It's like a songs. punk song. And I used to listen to Diver Down a lot. That uh, was another one of my favorites as a kid. I, It's like 28 minutes long, but it's still good yeah. because you know what? It's Van Halen. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. what's cool is... Even I was, if it's all covers, or almost all covers, it's so Van Halen. I was going to... Fl- I grew up in the flea market world. And I'm still, that's still my thing. I love junk. I love the atmosphere of a flea market. I love going to crazy, sleazy places. And uh, I don't mean to call them sleazy, but some of them are. Yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. they're they're pretty, pretty nasty, dirty. Yeah. Kind of stuff thrown all over the floor and, you know, selling things on tarps and chickens flying everywhere. <laughs> I've seen some really rough condition records at these places, but I've yeah. also found a lot of gyms and I've bought sold and trade since I was in high school mm-hmm. records. I would buy, sell trade all the time. So that was my whole thing. I would make money in school by selling records on eBay. That was finding it flea markets and stuff. It became a thing. All those things I was into as a kid younger, as I got older, I was like, these are getting a little collectible. And eBay's I, becoming a thing. I started yeah. to figure out there were certain rare things, even when I was young, pretty young. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, these forty fives are the you know from Indianapolis is yeah. goes for this. I gotta find it. And sometimes I'd find these labels, these rare labels, and I'd go out and resell them. And then I was like, what I would do was I'd take my twenty five cent forty five that I sold for four hundred bucks, and then I was buying alternative <laughs> records. <laughs> yeah. Like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, yeah. Soundgarden. And yeah. at the time, they were like 20 bucks a piece. Right. Yeah. And I said, I can't believe they ever pressed this stuff. This was before they did the reprints and all right. that stuff. Yeah. And I was buying all these original sealed pressings. I had had all that stuff. Because a lot of that stuff exploded and happened in the time where they weren't producing right. a lot of vinyl. And yeah. Over the years, I went to go resell that stuff, too. As I got into my early 20s, I had... You know, probably about 2,000 records of like a lot of 80s and 90s alternative punk and metal, all that stuff. And I, I was like, you know, I can hold on to this or like this stuff's really hot right now. I can get rid of a lot of it now. I was like, I started getting rid of a lot of those big hitter records. You know, I was. It's like, hard to find good metal, like right. 80s metal stuff in good condition. Right. Um, there was a time I had bought a collection of metal records that were really good. Yeah. A couple collections actually of like Slayer, Metallica, all that kind of oh. early stuff, original press. It's just hard to find in the wild. Right. Really. Because the guys that played it, you know, Budweiser yep. drinking, yep. bumping to the turntable. Yep. <laughs> but the, the punk stuff often is in pretty good shape yeah a lot of times when i come across it yeah um some of mine i brought a lot of my player copies i got multiple copies of some of the stuff i brought Mm -hmm. um i brought a 
few heavy hitters that I consider heavy hitters. Some of them do sell pretty well online, but um, yeah, a lot of the stuff I was collecting um, when I was younger, in my teens, I guess, was was like the Nirvana, the Pearl Jam, and I was buying Hot Topic records too. That ended up being collectible <laughs> records at Hot Topic. That's incredible! Oh wow! I yeah, didn't later even, on, yeah, like yeah, My Chemical yeah. Romance, the Used. I yep. was into those bands too, yep. and I like. One day on eBay, I was like, I wonder what this goes for. Ten years later, I'm like, you're kidding me. Because it was sold at Hot Topic. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Because it probably had some it was special. Crazy colored vinyl. Crazy color. I had Blink Records yeah. and stuff like that. Blink-182. What was the other place? The Hot Topic and then Hot the Topic clothing. Was, the oh, Urban yeah. Outfitters sold, started selling vinyl. Yeah, they, they, they do some, now. Yeah, they still do. But um, Sam Goody was selling records. Um, that were pressed in the early 2000s for mm-hmm. a while too, which was cool. Did you ever come across any Discord records? I got one. On me. I had a state of alert on 7 inch. Oh, really? Yeah, I almost brought um, the Embrace album. You ever listen to Embrace? I, it's Ian Mackay's band right after uh, Minor Threat. Oh, really? Right in between wow. Fugazi and Minor Threat. And it's closer to Fugazi, but it's still got... It's kind of They call it the first emo record. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I but, saw that. But I have it framed because I have a letter from Ian that I, I've written to him back and forth a couple times at oh, Discord. Man. And I have it framed up right now, so I didn't bring it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I would love to go to DC and just sure. visit with I, him. I have a lot of friends that have, and they've like played his guitar or jammed with him. Yeah, really he cool. seems like a really open um, guy. I brought the government issue, uh, Boycott Stab LP. Oh, awesome. Which is on Discord. That's a favorite of mine on Discord. well yeah instead, because that stuff they were they were making their own jackets <laughs> right it's incredible um but i had the henry rollins first record state of alert at one time yeah seven inch which was really cool because a lot of people don't know henry was from dc dc so right. was uh um uh dave dave, dave. Grohl. Yeah. yeah dave Grohl he was, was in from scream DC. yeah which yep. is also killer stuff on discord yeah really really good stuff discord's full of just oh, amazing yeah. stuff um, it's the same with SST. Yeah. I love SST. Minutemen. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of my favorites. That that record changed my life. Yep. I got Double Nickels on the Dime. Yep. I think that changed everybody's life when they heard it. Um, and I had this like weird thing where I was like I was like obsessed with D Boone's life for the longest time. I was like because there's not much known about those guys. You no. Know? And I was like, man, I wonder what that guy was like. They were just touring relentlessly. Right. I mean, it just he seemed like a really cool character. And I love the Meat Puppets on SST. Oh, too. yeah. The Meat Puppets are incredible. Those records are... I've got and, a couple of those early records, too. And not to mention, like, SST was on to the whole alternative thing, too. Like, with Soundgarden Absolutely. and yep. uh, with uh, not only Meat Puppets, too. Because I, I kind of consider Meat Puppets really that beginning of that sound, in a way, um, for... Personally, I think, but Dinosaur Jr. was also. I on was SST. just getting ready to say, oh yeah, Jay. Yeah, that, that's back when labels really drove so much of this. I mean, yeah. Discord, SST, um, Sub Pop. Yeah, and and I I love Sub Pop, uh, especially um, when you're getting into uh, things like Mud Honey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mud Honey is one of my favorites off of Sub Pop, uh, and of course I'm not. You know, I don't get too in deep, especially with some of the stuff. There's some stuff on Sub Pop and things that I don't really like too much. Um, but, you know, I 
that's where elitist people don't really like me because <laughs> I like what I like and I'm yeah. not ashamed to say right. I like Dolly Parton and then I'm oh. not ashamed to say that I love mud honey. Dolly but, Parton is a national friggin' treasure. Right. Man. Now but, that I now that I think about it, didn't didn't the Sex Pistols opened for George Jones on their first They tour? opened for Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. In Texas, I yes. believe. I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Th- so think about that. <clears throat> that seems... That would have been my favorite show ever. Merle Haggard knowing, and the Sex Pistols. Knowing Merle Haggard's <laughs> reputation, yeah. I think he fit right in. No kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as far as like Sub Pop too, I, the Vaselines is another one I absolutely love. I think they're great, but there's some bands on some of those labels. There's stuff on Discord in the early '90s. I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, some of it, it gets kind of screamy, and yeah, and which is fine. Everybody to each his own. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Whatever you're into, mm-hmm. um, it's not hurting anybody, but it's not really my thing. So I can't be one of those guys. Might like, be hurting I, the guy singing that way, right? <laughs> I, I I can't go. I love everything sub pop. I love everything right. Discord. I love everything SST, but. Man, there's a lot of good ones. Oh, yeah. Especially, SS- yeah. like, Worm on SST. Uh, you know, Chuck Dukowski from Black Flag, the bass oh, player. Oh, yeah. It's like, that record is great. And you never hear anybody talk about Well, and SST had a vast array of bands. I mean, they, they were into the new psychedelic. Right. And uh, they had some, what I call, country punk that were, like, yeah. Like the meat puppets kind of went into that direction as well. Was that actually called puntry? Or was it called that? Uh, punk. <laughs> it, Sorry. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here just to make stupid comments like that. So, boom. <laughs> I don't know. I, this may be a kid's show, so I'm not going to make any more any jokes. <laughs> There's always a saying I hear about country. I'm uh, No, but, go ahead and say it. <laughs> Oh well, there's. I've always heard the uh, the expression. I put the C U N T in country. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the word. Yeah, I've heard that joke so many times. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I almost like six continents have downloaded the show. I oh, know okay. that, but I can't tell you how old the people are that downloaded the show. But I'm not thinking there are too many uh, impressionable ears listening. No, except for Mr. Russell. And by the way, I scratched up all my mom's Beatles records. Anyway, Kit. <laughs> I think now would be a good time for you to show us some of the goodies you brought along. Yes, yes. Um, We're on the topic of SST. That's the first thing I pull out. Oh, that is so Uh, cool. I've met Henry a couple times, and I always wanted to bring this to him, and I finally did last year. I love the fact, and I've seen other autograph stuff from him. I love the fact that you can read his signature. Right. You can can go, oh, that's Henry Mullins. By the way, for those listening, this is uh, Black Flag Family Man, mostly spoken word which a lot of the punk guys don't really seem to like. Um, but I don't care. I think it's one of the most punk things I've ever seen as far as this cover. I have yeah. a T-shirt of this, and every time I go into a place, I used to get so many weird looks. glares. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's That's, really cool. This is an original so cool. pressing. This is, uh, I have a nicer one at home. This is is that your player I copy? Uh, I play, yeah, this one I played a lot. Um, I brought this one back from when I was touring in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I bought it at a record store for like 10 bucks or something. And that is cool, man. I said, well, I got to have it. My buddy and I would listen to this relentlessly and just laugh because we'd go into a place and just start going, family, man, <laughs> family, man. Now, the, uh, I think that artist did a bunch of work. Raymond Pettibon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did a bunch of work. I have so many inserts from Raymond 
from mm -hmm. SST records and they're just a trip. I bet. I mean, because part of the ethos of the SoCal punks mm -hmm. was they hated hippies. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> there are these, these shot, these pictures he's drawn, the hippies are falling off buildings stoned on acid. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is a really cool record. I, I've always loved this. I always thought this cover was everything that Black Flag w was. Yes. Offensive, scary, <laughs> and you don't know what it is. Yeah. And you you want to buy it. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, there's no music. It's just <laughs> this guy talking. But uh, I, I love it. And uh, I also had Henry sign a uh, flyer when I met him. Um, it was How was he when you met him? He's great. I yeah. actually met him and Thurston Moore at the oh. same oh. uh, wow. time one time, which was really cool. Yeah. I took my picture with Henry. I get over to Thurston. Both my wife and my own phone dies, right, as I go uh. up to Thurston. I said, you got to be kidding me. It's like, but Thurston is uh, really into jazz. Oh, oh no he's kidding. He's a big jazz I, guy. I think they... He's beyond what my knowledge of jazz, but he's awesome. Well, Henry's a big record collector also. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We, and uh, the first time I met him, uh, we were talking, and then Iggy Pop was getting ready to get on stage. He's like, dude, I got to split. I'm on Iggy time. He gets on a golf cart and just takes off. <laughs> and I'm just left there standing beside Thurston. Hey, how's it going? It With no picture funny. to With show. No, no picture. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. You know, you could have an, like a, a, a sketch artist traveling around with you just in case that happens, but that's not practical. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love this record. Um, that's, that is an awesome one. Yes. And I'd also like to talk to you about, that's a, a great one too. Um, I see that uh, you have your jacket in the, mm -hmm. and then the uh, slip cover behind it. Yeah. Just because of ease of getting, I, I think it's interesting to see how people put their records yeah. in and store their records. Um, Is that just for ease of getting it out? Uh, sometimes. And then some of these are all over the place. I have them in different sections of my home. Some of these came out of yeah. just, I guess whatever. I'm, I know some people also do that just to protect the jacket a little yeah. so you don't have to. I'm, yeah. I'm not very well organized. Um, as you can see, I really like punk music, and I think this is one of the best punk albums ever, in my opinion. Everybody to each his own. Besides maybe the Germs GI, this is probably up there, and uh, especially also with the Zero Boys. Um, tomorrow tonight is just which yeah which record are you oh sorry this yeah, is toxic okay. reasons bullets for you and uh i this is actually signed i think by the drummer but i don't know i just ended up with this for five bucks best five <laughs> bucks i ever spent this is my uh, beater <laughs> copy but nice yeah i don't have any toxic reasons records i don't think yeah that man the quality on this one the drums just sound so good do they yeah um if you ever get a chance to hear it um but i also like the zero boys uh mm -hmm. oh know, yeah first album so th these guys in the zero boys being from so close to me is one of my favorite things yeah. to talk about where now where are they from they're from dayton, dayton. Ohio, okay. Ohio. Okay. i believe don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure i'm dayton, right about that dayton was a hotbed of music yeah. i mean that's but they had a huge following here they yeah. played a lot here in the yeah 80s. i mean the indies punk indies punk scene was pretty 
Yeah, it was happening. Pretty man. happening, wasn't um, it? I follow pages online where these guys are telling stories long before my time. I was right. like, man, if I could have hung out with Joan Jett at a club or whatever, you know. Or yeah, that's awesome, man. All these I love cool the cover, things. too. Yeah, it's a... The skeleton on the B-1 bomber. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. That's uh, one of my favorites. Um, I don't have all my punk records in order to talk about. Now, for some reason, I think I left this one on the turntable, but this is Legacy of Brutality. Oh, Misfits. nice. Oh. Um, this is uh, a first pressing one. Uh, it's not a colored pressing, but you can see through the record. I don't have the vinyl with me. Oh, here. that's cool. I, I left it at home on accident. But That's uh, okay. I mean, any great record opens with Angel Fuck. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's common a good knowledge. Kickoff song. And <laughs> I have the Plan 9 tattoo on my arm, actually. But, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, I'd show it to you, but I don't have a t shirt on under this, so you don't want to see me shirtless. I've got singles. If the sun's out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, shit. Uh, so what we have here, one of my favorite tracks of all time is Who Killed Marilyn? And I actually went to the Misfits reunion up in Chicago with Danzig. Oh, did you really? Yeah. How was that? I stood up front for 14 hours just to see them up front. Really? My wife stood there with me. She is the best. Because <laughs> we, had, the best. Yeah, we had to, we had to stand. Hours. We watched Bad Religion, which is not easy to stand in the front row for. Right. Um, we had to stand up front for, I believe, is Leftover Crack, which is not easy to stand up front <laughs> for. The Deftones which oh, is not easy man. to Ooh. be up front for. So we stood there all day just for the misfits to come Did out. you wear ear protection? No. Uh, no. <laughs> What's no. ear protection? <laughs> no. That's why I can't hear now. I, I, I'm a drummer, too, yeah. and, and uh, I have to wear ear protection. It yeah, shows I, anymore. You know what? I wish I would have all, yeah. all these years. But yeah. um, what's really funny is, is that they pretty much crammed 60,000 people in that small area there for this show. And it was we were a, being crushed. What year was that? Uh, 2016. 2016. Yeah. It was incredible to me. The amount of tickets they were selling on that tour, man. Right. It's just an and, unreal. Uh, before the show, Jerry came and took a picture with us. He's so nice. Such a nice guy. That's awesome. And, man. uh, yeah, man, when they played who killed Marilyn, I was, lost my mind. Of course, every misfit song is good in my opinion. Like TV casualty. I mean, come on, that's good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. First pressing. No, this is this is fun. I never get to talk about records, so this is fun. Oh, good. We're still on the subject of punk, so I'm gonna go through this punk government issue. Oh, oh cool. yeah, there we Boycott go. Boycott stab. Um, this originally came out as a seven inch, uh, but that thing is worth like a thousand bucks. Yeah. So All I the, got the twenty dollar copy stuff. here. Um, I don't have the uh, seven inch. I can't find it, but I know people. Who have been collecting? Who've been buying seven inches since they were in, you know, in the eight in the eighties? So there's guys I know personally that have all this stuff, which is really cool. And they live in California, though, so they kind of have. No I'm not much of a seven inch dude. Wheels likes ten inch. I love. I don't know why cool. I like ten inch records. Yeah. I just love them. I had a lot of cool punk seven inches. I had a lot of the original Plan Nine Misfits oh, yeah. ones. I had to sell them to move into a new house. It's a big regret. It's a huge regret. I guess I, most of the things that I, because I don't sell much of mm -hmm. my stuff. Obviously, I didn't, you know, um, ever really sell anything 
that I own. But the one, th- the things that I regret are the things I don't buy. Yeah, we were yeah, talking too. about that yeah. earlier. We, you never oh. regret buying anything, but yeah. you regret There's not buying. There's a whole buying. bunch of them that I regret not buying. But this is a great record. Um, I think every song on this thing is just so good. Man, I'm going to have to dig into this, dig deeper into this punk stuff. Because yeah. I know Wheels is totally into yeah. it, but I, I'm... Yeah, I, I pretty much brought, like, this is some of the more obscure stuff to the regular listener, I guess. Um, to the punk guys, they know all about it. Um, but we'll get into something a little more recognizable. Is it the Beastie Boys punk era? Oh, it yeah. It kind of covers the 90s and 80s ground <laughs> pretty much. But I love this record. Absolutely. I've got that on CD. It's, it's awesome. It's a good one. Um, a grade on Mojo. Yeah. So good. Um, and they, I love, are, they are so underrated as, as right. musicians. And Paul's Boutique is actually one of my favorite albums oh, of all time. We talked, that's, yeah. we did a sophomore album show, mm-hmm. and that is absolutely one it's of the best the, ever. The Sgt. Pepper of hip hop albums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I love that they made this record, the, these recordings, because I can enjoy them as a punk band and when they became yeah. hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And they play funk, jazz, yeah. soul, psychedelic. They could play anything. But yeah, some old bullshit. Beastie oh. Boys. Love it. Is that a first pressing of that? From the 90s. From yeah. the 90s? Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's a 1994 press. That's awesome. I got that off of a feller named John Zepps. I don't know if you know John. That name sounds familiar. I think he had Vibes music. Vibes music. Yep. That's right. Yeah. He's got killer stuff. Um, is he at still Rob show at Rob show yeah, at the crossroads music. Okay. Show. Um, more punk. Let's see. Judge. I don't know if you've ever heard of judge, judge. New York, hardcore stuff. Um, these are the Chung King sessions. They weren't the best recordings. Their albums, their, the album they made after those sessions is really good. But, uh, one of my favorite songs is the storm. I love that track. But uh, yeah, if you ever get into uh, late 80s, early 90s, hardcore judge is really good. That's awesome. I man. like it. Absolutely. Um, it's straight edge. I'm not straight edge, but. <laughs> oh, so it's. it's I probably follows would get the, beat the up. Scored, yeah. Whatever. Um, I like beer and <laughs> wine and <laughs> alcohol. So I guess all, I can't. All of the great things. Yes. That and make life whiskey. worth living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can't be straight edge. I tried to be straight edge at one time, I think, but I couldn't cut it. No, I can't. Yeah, that, that whole straight edge scene, that was just, that was out of Discord, out right. of DC. Okay. But I don't whole... know if they ever make, I don't, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big follower of all the straight edge stuff, but I have friends that are, and that's really cool that they can it have just, the discipline to follow. It just you know? kind of took off that way. Right. I, I've heard interviews with but, the guys, um, and they just, they're like, well, it just, some are out. in the bands too, and some aren't. Um, but the that, music's fantastic. What's next in the box? This is one of my. By f- the way, I love the polka dot box. Yeah, this uh, came from a friend who passed away. He gave it to me, and uh, I treasure it. That's we, that's we love awesome. putting our records in these. Um, yeah, all our favorite stuff, I guess. That is kind of freaking awesome. It, it's hard to find these anymore. They're yep. made in the sixties. Yep. This is my one of my absolute favorite things oh. I own. This is the replacements. Please to meet me. Oh. Signed by the entire band. Oh. How the hell did you get it signed by everybody? I did not get this signed. I know 
kind of knew of the person that got it signed, and here's the flyer to that event. That was oh. at Peaches Records. Whoa. They did a signing. You worked I've at Peaches, seen, right? No, I didn't work at Peaches. I've seen the replacements, and um, that is my absolute favorite replacements album. I love Skyway. I, oh, I play that song in my sets, and oh. people never heard it, but they think it's my song. <laughs> They're, like, it's such they're a... like, where can we get that song? <laughs> and I was like, well, if Paul lets me do it, I'll ask him one of these days. Uh, but yeah, it's so funny because Tommy Stinson put, call my lawyer. <laughs> call my lawyer. Paul Westerberg put, I will buy you buy some your sh- shoes. <laughs> they were probably, when they, when they appeared there, I bet they were so drunk oh i know yeah they signed it upside down to probably to f with you yeah that's that's how they Mm -hmm. well and sometimes you get a great replacement show sometimes eh, not so great yeah i i never got to see them even the reunions because i was working in rob's store yeah Yeah, that is super cool (laughs) but that's okay you know it is what it is but yeah this thing has never been played actually hardly i don't play this one i have another one at home that i play i love that record what do you suppose that's worth I have no With idea. The signatures. Don't care. Just <laughs> yeah. don't care. Um, I'd let, I don't know, probably a couple hundred bucks. So I don't know. That is super every, cool. Every track on that record is yeah, incredible. It's just the fact of having this to yeah. me is special. Um, it's just got all the stuff you want to have with it. The flyer, the day that it was autographed. Mm-hmm. And what's funny was there was somebody online posting this is my signed replacements album they had got it signed sometime like two days after this at another record store they signed it just like this upside down with different markers and i was like yours looks a lot like mine too but they signed it with different stuff on it right yeah oh, okay but like the guy had got that one signed in person right. too like he was like yeah i got to meet him they were drunk of course and uh, i was like wow it's so funny how like his look like mine. They wrote different crap all it's, over it. It's just a thing, right? Turn the record upside down and sign it. Yeah, they did it the same way on his. That's hilarious. Yeah. Then that's the only two I've ever seen of this record autographed. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. I, they just don't sign much. Paul Westerberg's one of those guys. I don't think you can catch him yeah. very often. He's very private, I think. so. That is super cool. Love his that solo, album. His solo stuff is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd listen to all that stuff as... But every replacements record is solid, man. I absolutely know, one of my favorite bands. That's why I had to bring it. Another one of my favorite bands were on the topic of Indianapolis or Indiana is uh, Blind Melon. Yes, uh, you know a lot of people love this record. This is the Nico compilation thing that was released uh, after Shannon had passed away. But it has Soup on it, the song, mm-hmm. and it's just one of my all-time favorite songs. My favorite Blind Melon song is actually Galaxy. Yeah, I, anything on soup is, is that on terrific. there? No, no. no okay. This is uh, a bunch of kind of like outtake stuff. Okay, but you know, it's got like St. Andrews Hall on it, and it's got you know soup. It's got their version of the Pusher. Oh, um, that's great! Which is really cool. That um, sounds like a great one to have. Yeah, and Analog Spark put this issue out. There was never an issue of this originally in the 90s, and mm-hmm. they kill it, man. They they really make a good pressing. That's awesome. This one sounds really good. Nice tip-on jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Gotta love it. Right, but this is a really, really good record. 
Um, I just sold my original pressing of soup to Rob. Oh, I did you? Happy. <laughs> I'm trying to take my family on vacation again. I just took them on vacation. But, uh, COVID yeah. vacation? Yeah, in Tennessee, where COVID is rising like everywhere else. But, you know, we keep our distance. Yeah. We uh, don't go out. We go into a hotel room that's really nice and just stare at the TV. Um, <laughs> and I, I told you guys I like blues and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I brought some Indianapolis blues. Nice. Scrapper Blackwell. Oh, nice. This is a test pressing. No way. A Scrapper's oh, wow. album, which is really cool. That is cool. Now, how are the Indianapolis blues records to find? Are they... Uh, like... Are they needles in the haystack? I mean, or do you find very many? I don't find many at all. And the only reason why I call that an Indianapolis blues record is because he recorded it here in yep. Indianapolis. But he was from uh, South Carolina, yep. but he ended up getting shot and killed here. At, here? Right? Yeah, right after he recorded this r- r- record here. No way. Yeah, he got shot on not too far from here on 17th Street. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, only the finest for Vinyl Ventures. Um, that makes me want that record that really bad. That is super um, cool. And dude. it is a great record. Every, this says Made in Great Britain. Yeah, that, this is a, uh, that's the extra label um, out of Great Britain. In 1966, they printed that that one. There's a Prestige put out a pressing in the 60s here, and that one was the Great Britain test pressing. Dude, that is super cool. Have you have you put the needle on that? Yeah. Yeah. How's it sound? It sounds fantastic. It sounds... Be- I have the Prestige one, too. Sometimes I know people don't like to play test pressings because they're made of a right more volatile shellac. Right. And this one has been really well taken care of, but this cover is cool. And the guy that wrote all this stuff on the back who also recorded this record is uh, Art Rosenbaum and I just talked to him on the phone last year somebody was telling us about art what would you talk to him about about Scrapper Blackwell and the stuff he recorded here in Indianapolis when he was a college student he recorded Scrapper and he recorded guitar Pete Franklin and okay. Brooks Berry, all three of those records. And uh, those are pretty highly sought after blues records. Wow. Here. And he was in high school when he did that. Uh, college. College, yeah. yeah. But yeah. He was a- Some of his friends were like, hey, we know this guy his, and he sings and you should record him. So <laughs> they sings. bought him some beer and that's the only way he would sing any songs. He hadn't played probably for a long time. Right. And uh, he didn't even have a guitar but Art had a guitar and they set with a recording system. Prestige gave him like 200 bucks probably to record this. And uh, he thought he was getting ripped off and Art was probably getting more money or something, but that wasn't the case. Art didn't even get anything out of this. He got $60 to write the write-up on this. That is what I love about those, uh, and especially like yeah. 60s era right. jazz, and this thing is the is bio just, stuff on the back. It's in pretty beautiful shape. That's incredible, yeah. man. Oh my gosh. How many uh how many of those records? I mean obviously that's a test, but how many of those records were pressed? I have no idea. I I doubt. I can't can't believe it would be a lot. No. Um is anybody starting to repress some of these? There's been some repops of these things um in Europe and stuff, but not you know, you can look that's old as yeah. old can get. Um, but he is buried here in Indianapolis, just not too far from here. Really? In New Crown Cemetery. Oh, uh, uh, Crown, Crown Hill. Hill. Crown no, no, Hill. no. Uh, I 
can't remember the name. Where West Montgomery's buried, they're actually like a few graves over from one another. No kidding. Oh wow! Yeah. I can't remember where West is buried. Um, but that's cool. But, it, but it's on the more south, more toward the south side. But it's not that far from here. It's probably like twelve minutes. Oh wow! Just like one exit from here. That's awesome. Raymond Street. That's where oh well, the cemetery. Oh, that's right in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's they're buried that cemetery. In, you is it Holy run Cross? Through. Maybe it's the cemetery on Raymond. It's the big cemetery. Yeah, it's the one you run okay. through. Yep, it, it's right in the middle of town. You can't miss yeah. it. Yeah, and right in there, Scrapper's buried in there. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, and uh, I get to talking to our about what it was like, you know, talking to Scrapper and meeting him and stuff like that. Yeah, and, you know, Scrapper, I guess was. And these stories have never been told publicly, actually, probably. But Scrapper was a heavy drinker, and he tried to record an interview because that's what he would do with these old blues guys. Yeah, try to record an interview. He couldn't understand what he was saying. He was so drunk. And I, I, I don't know how they got through these sessions, but he played really well during these sessions. But in his early days, he made recordings up in Richmond. A lot of bands recorded in Richmond. Yeah, he re- made recordings in the twenties. Yeah. This was, that was way before this. This is about mm-hmm. almost 40, 40 years, years before later. this. He was making like Kokomo blues and, uh, you know, things like that. Those, uh, that's kind of a famous song. L- later became Sweet Home Chicago. Yeah. It was called Kokomo blues, which is really cool. But he was making like Delta blues sounding stuff on 78s. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really crazy the life this guy lived. And for like 30 years after his partner uh in music who played piano with him died of like alcoholism leroy carr you know he just kind of went into obscurity and went into hiding yeah as a laborer here in indianapolis and <laughs> yeah art went and recorded him and he also made a record with brooks berry which is a singer she sang with him on an album and art rosenbaum recorded that as well i don't have that one i can't seem to find it that is very cool, man. This is, is very cool. And um, his guitar playing, you know, Bob Dylan's highly influenced and Michael Bloomfield. Okay. I don't know if you ever listen to Bloomfield. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, regarded him as one of the best. And I, I have to agree, as far as blues music goes, his guitar playing is really, really out of this world. Well, now I've got another rabbit hole to, dry, to I dive I do, too. Down. I like blues as soon as, a lot. As soon as I heard this record, uh, Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out, which is such a good track yeah um and there's there's like kind of like references as far as like the song titles go uh, to indiana or indianapolis you know yeah uh i think one of them being uh well i got to researching one day like the it's called the penal farm blues the penal farm was actually referenced in other things up in richmond indiana so I don't know if there's huh. like something there. And I actually don't think the track that I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Where the Monon crosses the yellow dog, I think. Is, you know. <laughs> but there's also some other tracks that he did. Oh, yeah. Shady Lane was another place in Indianapolis that I had found. So it seems like to me there's a few Indianapolis references in here. That's which is awesome, cool. dude. But that yeah. is very cool. Yeah. All of these are very cool. Yeah, but anything but, that like harkens back to here. Right. Super cool. But uh, Art Rosenbaum is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in his 80s. And a uh, very fascinating guy. He went on to record a lot of uh, old-timey music. And he went on to record a lot of mountain music. 
made by people living in log cabins and like wow. in Appalachia. Yeah. No he was kidding. really diving in deep. Really. To... Yeah. And I, it gets to the point, I don't know what to say to him <laughs> when he gets into that. But so he was like an early version of T-Bone Burnett. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really cool is he played a show with Scrapper. They showcased Scrapper one night in Indianapolis, a live concert that's on Spotify at the 1414 gallery that used to be here in Indianapolis which was wow. an art gallery and art Rosenbaum opened for him doing his old timey stuff. And, uh, those recordings, those live recordings of scrapper playing here in Indianapolis is really cool. That is, but cool. they're on Spotify. Wow. It is on Spotify. I can't find it on vinyl or anything. It's and it or CD, but I can find it on Spotify. Not sure why that it's is, on there. That is wacky. But this album is on Spotify as well. Awesome. I hate to advertise Spotify, but I scrapper is not getting paid as it is. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, he got killed possibly probably by his next door neighbor on 17th street here in Indianapolis. Wow. Uh, it's a really cool, how? crazy story. They say that those two were drinking and got in an argument or something they think and shot him with yeah, a 22 so, pistol. So many amazing the argument, musicians. Yeah. But, but not in he well. just missed the whole blues folk revival. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he died in 1962 right before, right before everything. Yep exploded it again. was about to be really insane for his life oh you know he probably would have made a lot more money yeah and then you know you see all the guys that did live through the delta years into the 60s and stuff make a good living finally after 40 yeah. years of trying to get out of wherever they were yeah. or wherever they were living or make some money playing music you know it's crazy um i guess we'll get into some uh Old country, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my all-time favorite record, old country-wise. I love Buck Owens, dude. Yeah, so good. This uh, this record's not worth a whole bunch of money or anything, but my mom and dad bought this for me from Goodwill, thinking of me. That is so cool. And it's got it's a Capital Press. Yeah, man. I mean, this thing. I don't even. I. It, it, it doesn't just, even look like yeah. it's ever been played. A lot of my records at home, personal collection stuff. It, looks like that i try to find yeah good condition stuff and man this is just one of those records it just hits me like i the first track i don't care or louisiana man yep. but this is my all one of my all-time favorite records in general i i love buck owens man obviously yeah. like i said in that time when i was a five six year old uh hee-haw yeah and everything was country music you know, urban cowboy. Right. All yeah. That stuff. There was a big and and revival. I feel like it's made a huge comeback now. I used to get made fun of for liking this stuff from people. Oh yeah. Country is a lot cooler than it was yeah. even 15 years ago. And, but that's real country music. Like the country music being a lot of the country music being made today. Yeah. Not the same. No, no. not even close. <laughs> I think the closest to this is probably Dwight Yoakam. I was I love just Dwight. getting ready to say Dwight does. Yeah. Dwight sings Buck yeah. is a fantastic it's, record. It's great. And I love a lot of his stuff too. Yeah. And He's uh, just traditional and this guy's great. influenced by stuff like this. I mean like Brad Paisley is, but I'm not into his stuff. Yeah. But he gives a lot of credit to Buck and Don Rich and Don Rich was the guitar player who died tragically young in a motorcycle accident. Um, and yeah, I'm really influenced by Don Rich's playing. I play country guitar when I'm not playing reggae music. 
Um, I used to jam with a lot of old country guys. Who, yeah. If you didn't know how to play with them, you didn't play with them. No. And I learned so much from those dudes. You know, there's there's a dude, one of my favorite, um, like, famous, like, rock guitarists that can play country music like you wouldn't believe. John Five. I've met John. Uh, he's a super, super cool dude. He is incredible. And he, obviously, he plays a telly. And right. he, his, for him, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hee haw! When he was young, he, he saw, saw yeah he saw these these country dudes playing on tellies, and he learned uh, you know everything he could. And he also you know, he also I listened to him on uh, Eddie Trunk show the other day, and he also said it was the girls with the big boobs on uh, hee haw. <laughs> on hee haw, oh, he's yeah. like I've got guitar and big boobs. That's all I cared about, and that's all I care about. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that record. That is one of my all-time favorites for sure uh that's cool dude. this one's one of my favorites this is my favorite in my collection uh this is george jones's very very first album on star day from 1955 wow. on star day wow yeah. wow and this one uh this is the best condition one i've ever seen ever seen there's not many of them in existence right and most of the time they're completely torched mm-hmm. this one i mean Oh my gosh! I mean, you don't have to take it out if you don't want to, but holy! Oh moly. gosh! This is the best condition one I've seen. The last one I had was warped, and I st- it still played, but I didn't have it. But what's cool about this one was it was autographed by Nancy Jones, his wife, and George. Oh! Uh, oh my gosh, dude! What's it say? Best, best wishes, and thanks to Janie. That's very cool. Um, I know where this was autographed as well. Um, this was autographed at the uh, the little Nashville there. Oh, here. the little Opry. The little Opry. Oh, yeah. okay. Back in back in the day. Wow. The, and uh, I knew of a guy that was trying to buy this for years and years and years, and then it just ended up in another collection, and then it just ended up in my hands. How did? <laughs> so it took a while. It took a very long time. Yeah. To. I, I was not looking for this record, but I knew it existed, but I did not know it was in this condition. That's beautiful, man. Be, I thought it might be torched. Uh, something like this would probably bring 500 more dollars easily. I don't know what the signature, but the record as it sits in this condition can bring yeah. anywhere around 500 bucks. That's they book really for good. over a thousand, but the book, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I've never seen one like this. I mean, the the covers most of the time is like most of the image is gone. Yeah, yeah. that that's amazing. The covers in great shape yeah. too. And I'm a huge George Jones fan. I'm a gigantic George. George Jones. is amazing, dude. Why uh, baby? Why being one of my favorite tracks, and Seasons of My Heart being one of my favorites too. It's more honky tonk and yeah. rockabilly ish yeah. around this time, but love it. That's incredible. Yeah, I ha- have a player's copy at home, but this is my this is my baby. Where, um, for your classic country, where is the best place to find it? I mean, local or? Boy, I can't even tell you. Honestly, the best place I have found is at the Crossroads Music Show, maybe. Um, But over the years, I was finding it in personal collections around me or people that had them that listened to them in my neighborhood, you know, out in like 
near Waldron or Shelbyville, they all they listen to is country mm-hmm. yeah. or, around that area. Or I'd go down to Kentucky or Tennessee and look at records, and there's a lot of country records down there. Mm-hmm. But uh, something like this was, I bought this uh, off of Rob Coyle. <laughs> he came up with this. He comes up with some of the best stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> I said, I got to have it. He had this and the, uh, bo- the Whalers' first record. He, he, mentioned, he that. mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I sold it. <laughs> needed money yeah thought i was losing my job last year yeah i sold it and it you know i ended up selling it for over a thousand dollars i hope when he listens to this he didn't get mad at me i kept the george jones record rob <laughs> <laughs> but i needed money because i just get you know i thought we were gonna yeah. close up and yeah i was like i'm gonna need some money for the next month i couldn't get rid of this one i couldn't do it yeah. It's just, it means too much it to must, me. It must feel good to, to want something like that or, or have something like that yeah. in your sights. And then when you finally get it, yeah. I mean, I, I've, got a, I've got a few records. I don't have anything like that. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not collecting on that level, but uh, it does feel good when, when you say, oh, I want this. And then months or years go by yeah. and then you finally have you, it in you your freaking yeah. hands. The, Rob had this one and he did not want to sell it, I mm-hmm. don't think. And he probably would want it back to buy it. And I won't sell it back to him <laughs> uh, because I love it too much. Um, well, and the condition is yeah. unbelievable. I will never see another one. I just know. I know. I, I've had three copies of this. Mm-hmm. One of them, my mom and dad found at Goodwill. Oh, really? In You're kidding me. Nope. Nope. They found one at Goodwill. It's, it's amazing what you'll and find there. It was in probably about VG minus condition, which is pretty good for this record. And that was my copy for a long time. And then when Rob sold me this, I sold that one. I said, that's it. It doesn't get yeah. any better. Yeah. And I had a warped one before that. And, um, you know, I, I still sold those for pretty decent, a pretty decent amount of money. I've never seen one like this. And you that's won't see awesome. this record on eBay uh-huh. either. It just they don't. They're just up. not that many of them, right? No, uh, I'd probably say there's under 500 that were pressed and in existence. Right. We yeah. don't know. I mean, it's pretty Crazy. cheap vinyl too. Honestly, like it's not the greatest pressing in the world, and it's autographed. So that's yeah, makes yeah it the even autograph more is, that sets it apart. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many records we've done so far. Oh, okay. it doesn't matter. Man. It don't matter. Cool. Mm. No, you um, just keep pulling. Yeah, out. whatever you love here. This record has had a huge impact on me. This is kind of more of my beater copy in a way, but this record has had a huge impact on me. Oh, dude. Oh, Pet Sounds. Um, Brian Wilson, I, after years and years, I finally got to meet him, and I met Al Jardine a couple times, but I got, finally got to meet Brian, and he's su- just a super sweet guy. We just need to do a show on the people you've met. Yeah, yeah. I, I've met a lot of people. <laughs> I'm not bragging, but I've got, no. to, I've got to live a pretty crazy life. And meet the people that I admire. Yeah, that that's um, awesome. Do, is that the stereo or the mono? I think this one. It, no, it's mono. Oh. Because I just got a mono repress. I have a that. mono at home in the shrink wrap. Do you? Still. Yeah, but that one's a. Believe it or not, that's a that's a copy that was uh, I found in a like. Oh, that's a Goodwill copy. Sorry, I found that one at Goodwill. Dude, I lo- Sloop John B. Right. Is like my my as, as far as Beach Boys are concerned. That's it for me. Really? I mean, I just love that song. Um, I love that album, but yeah. I've got to see him do this album two times. Have you? In its entirety. And um, my favorite song of all time, probably Beach Boys, is Don't Talk, Put Your Head on My Shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, 
That's Not Me is probably one of my all-time favorite tracks. Is a guy in his early 20s trying to figure out what the hell to do with his life. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you go through all kinds of changes, take a look at yourself and say, that's not me. It's crazy because um, growing up, my best friend's dad, actually he's been on the show, his dad uh, was a car guy. And that's how I got introduced to the Beach Boys. Oh, I yeah. I mean, it was all Beatles at my, my parents' house, but beach boys and you know so much of their stuff is car or surfing oriented yeah and then this thing comes out and it's like you know blows everybody's mind it's so funny to me because i was i liked the surf stuff as a kid and yeah and and it's great when i when i'm a teenager i thought it was kind of corny someone pulled me aside and told me to listen to smiley smile i was like i never heard of that it's like almost like psychedelic yeah it's like this is really cool yeah Yeah, i was like this is so cool hearing the vegetables that was the song i was like this is cool so then i got to looking into pet sounds i was like i knew those hits god Mm -hmm. only knows and wouldn't it be nice and then i listened to that full thing everybody kept going on about pet sounds i said oh my gosh so as a teenager i got hooked onto pet sounds Mm -hmm. and i got way into it you know i grew my hair out (laughs) <laughs> you know, and put on the sunglasses thinking I'm Brian Wilson. Dude, smile is great too. Oh my God. Oh. I, we were, I worked at the record store for Rob when, when that came out and yeah. I was just like so excited because it, it got shelved. I mean, it, it right. was never completed. Right. And they, when did it come? When did it come 2011, out? Like 11 or something? The year like I graduated high school. Yeah. I was so excited when that I heard that was coming out and, uh, I need to, you know, I don't have that. I need to get that. Yeah, the box set is really cool. Yeah. All the session stuff, really yeah. cool stuff. And you know, they had the best musicians in the world oh, playing. Yeah. Carol Kay on. I mean, it was the the wrecking crew, right? That, yeah. that played on most of the Beach Boys stuff, right? And oh my gosh! But then I I got way deep. I like the seventies Beach Boys a lot. The early seventies uh-huh. stuff and and Dennis, Dennis Wilson, Wilson solo records. We we have yeah. talked about Dennis Wilson oh, solo. I went out and bought it after we had a different guest on the show talking about it. Yeah, what's yeah. crazy is I met a I kind of knew this guy that worked as a waiter, I guess, in the early eighties or like late seventies in L.A. And Dennis Wilson came in for a drink. He made Dennis a drink, and then he turned around. He he was gone drank the drink and was gone. Like that was how quick he was in and out. It was during his time really yeah. having a tough time. Dennis yeah. was. So I thought that was a kind of, that's the only Dennis Wilson story I've ever heard from somebody. It's crazy to think that the longest living Wilson brother is Brian. Right. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Right. And I mean, it's a shame. What a great, I have seen what Brian a great band. probably six times, seven times, and I saw him in 2013. And uh, was that uh, Imagination, the Imagination tour? You know, I can't remember. I don't even know what the tour was called yeah. uh, because, like, it was weird because I drove to this little place in uh, Ohio to see him. I've yeah. seen him in some weird venues. Yeah, I've seen him in the best, and I've seen him in the weirdest venues. I saw him at a casino in this weird conference room kind of deal <laughs> and it was really small yeah you know, like people having dinner and stuff and like al jardine is just like kind of walking around so i just go up and i just start talking to al and such a super nice guy he seems like a good dude he is so cool yeah and i i saw him with the zombies just last year brian's band and the zombies did you really zombies oh. opened up and did odyssey and oracle and it's i love, love and i never got to see show. the zombies and yeah. i was I took my bass player with me. We're, we're both huge fans of both. And I, I kid you not, we were in La La Land. 
and like looking at all the people in Cincinnati, they had no clue about what the hell Odyssey and Oracle even is. Dude, that is that may be one of the most underrated yeah. records oh, of that era. Absolutely. And, and then Brian's band comes out and does songs off of Friends, which That's is a crazy. very obscure yeah. Beach Boys album. So everybody was like leaving yeah by the end of the night and you guys are the still, still oh it was like there. heaven yeah. like oh my god we're never gonna hear <laughs> these songs ever again yeah um but very cool oh man. yeah yeah um loretta lynn i have to mention loretta uh, yeah uh, this isn't like a rare record or anything um but my god she is just one of my favorites she's what an incredible story right i mean she's i mean i I really love Dolly Parton, but Loretta is right up there too. Right. Yeah. And if you ever find her first uh, 45s on the Zero label, they're really tough to find. Are they? Yeah. Okay. They're super rare. But uh, yeah, this is just, you know, Decca. Nice Decca. Yeah. Again, a beautiful vinyl. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, this is, uh, yeah, I, I got. A lot of her sixty stuff. Sorry, it's wings upon your horns is the record, right. right? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite records. I I couldn't get to my uh, copy of Blue Kentucky Girl because that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely, probably my favorite record of hers. But and I love the album she did with Jack White as well. Yeah. What was it called? Damn. I'm losing it today. There's so remember. many albums we're yeah, going yeah. through. But <laughs> I. I Go to Spotify, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, it's terrific if you haven't heard it. He's done two with her, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, both those yeah, records. Both of them are good. Um, but, God, these... Are, I mean, she can just sing, she can play, she can do everything. She's yeah. amazing. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I love Loretta Lynn. Got got to mention her. Uh, getting to some more alternative stuff. Uh, I've gotten to know some of the guys in Everclear over the years okay. real well. Real cool guys. Um this is an original pressing. Nice. That's so much for the afterglow. Yeah. On blue vinyl. That's very cool. And yeah. signed. Yeah. By Art. Art Art signed that for me. He's signed a lot of things for me over the years. Art is such a great guy. We hung out with him backstage. Oh yeah. He'll, yeah. yeah um, I know the bass player real well, Freddie. Um, we got to know each other. Pretty good friends over the years. And uh, always a great time when these guys come to town. That's awesome really cool dudes so yeah this is an original 1990 would be 96 pressing i was getting ready to say it's like yeah. you know 30 years old yeah, yeah this is uh i've had this for years i've had it i got this signed when i was like 19 oh that's beautiful oh and, and i love gorgeous. it with the capital yeah lay the rainbow label this it record looks so nice. in particular I, nobody ever plays theirs and i played this one and i'll tell you it sounds so much better than the cd doesn't you can hear like all the little guitar yeah there's licks and there's so many things i mean cd i love cds right always have never stopped buying well now i'm mainly yeah, buying vinyl buying CDs. but cds i mean it's just amazing but there's so many nuances right that you hear in these pressings even a shitty pressing sometimes you'll hear something that doesn't stand out nearly as much on no. CD, right? No, it, it, it's just the truth. I mean, it's crazy. everybody thinks I'm a nut job when I talk about these things, but no, uh, for sure. Uh, pull out a couple things. Let me know if I'm going way too. Oh long. no, okay. no, no. This just came out recently. This, oh, uh, if Tripping you guys like Daisy. Tripping Daisy at all, cool. I've but heard of them. Their stuff, you know, they had the big hit. I got a girl uh -huh. in the uh, 
1996 or 75 or whatever. But uh, this is the follow-up album to that, and this is fantastic. Jesus Hits Like the Atom Bomb. And they've never put this out until now. That's on cool. vinyl. It's on like uh, I think this one is like bubble gum or something like that, like bubble gum vinyl. It's pretty cool. I had to have it. I was like bubble gum. Let's see. No, it. no, that's white. Maybe the other one's bubble gum. I'm huh. not sure. Maybe that I'm intrigued off. by the bubble gum color. Yeah, this is bubble gum. Oh, look at that. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, they they did a great job. Dude, on this. I have an oh. o, I have an Opeth album that's almost that same really? color. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Opeth is awesome. By the way. Yeah, um, love them. But like they are like they have gone from like the screamy cookie monster type stuff to more much more progressive. Right. And I love it. And man, th- this record is like all over the place. It goes psychedelic. It's uh, got that '90s vibe to it as well. But nice. It, they you can tell they really went all out and making this record. Yeah. That's cool. It's I love a, the cover too. It's underrated. There's a lot of records in the '90s that had like one-hit wonders. Yep. Right. That right, their right. like follow-up record was better. Nobody ever heard it. And right. It's like Weezer with Pinkerton, uh, my all-time favorite Weezer record. And I almost brought my Weezer autographs. I met them a few times too. But uh, you know, I've always told them Pinkerton's my favorite, and they don't seem to care. Well, <laughs> Rivers. Uh, it almost it? destroyed Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, again, that we talked about that on our sophomore albums show. Both, but uh, Rivers is an extremely nice guy. I would Good. say he's a very cool dude. Awesome. Um, you know, you got to just take in consideration before the pandemic, he was wearing rubber gloves, dish mm-hmm. gloves, safety glasses, yep. everything when he shakes hands with people sometimes. That was one time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you never know what he, kind of Rivers you're going to. Hey, what man. he's going to be like. He's different. Sometimes the art comes from that kind right. of And he's very, stuff. he's very cool. Yeah. I, I don't mean to diss on him. And he, uh, oh no, not at all. And he grew you know, I think he grew up in, in kind of like a, um, some kind of colony. Yeah. Like it's not, not a, not a cult necessarily, but maybe like, kind of like a commune, <laughs> a commune, a commune yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe so. And, and, um, I don't know. I, I've been a huge fan of them for years and I've seen them multiple times and, uh, we went to one of their album releases all the way in Brooklyn, my wife and I. Oh, nice. Years ago. And that's when we first met them. And then the second time we met them was with, like, they were playing with, like, Panic at the Disco. But, um, yeah, I've met them a couple times. I love that they've remained relevant. Right. You yeah. Know? I mean, they've been around a long time now. And they were early. You know, I think their first record is, what, 94? Yeah. So, you know, we're going on 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And they just keep making, I mean, he's just like a a pop song machine he is and he's he's a super cool guy um it's just different yep you meet a lot of different people in that yeah. business but uh man let's see i got a few other things here that i brought i don't know if you guys will like it or not we'll see oh did it do well so far you've hit a home run i i'm trying <laughs> it, it, you, i didn't know what i was gonna step into this is really cool i'm a huge kiss fan me. I hadn't mentioned oh, Kiss at all. Jay is a massive Kiss fan. I'm a fan. huge Kiss fan. Uh, I, this is uh, one of my things I treasure a lot. Oh, that is so cool. Um, Dude. Ace is so cool. Such a cool guy. Um, I just met him last year. At the uh, I, State Fair show? Yeah, and I didn't talk about Kiss. That's, that's the whole thing. So you met him at the State Fair yeah. show? The secret is don't talk about Kiss to ace okay so how did you meet him at that show i actually i that one i did the vip thing i said okay i'm gonna go for it because it's ace okay and i wanted him to sign this record 
Yeah. Little yeah. did I know I could get like four other things signed. They were super cool. About oh, were they? <laughs> so we were like sit. I was sitting there talking to him about his guitars and stuff. He was a really nice guy. This one in particular, I had him sign the back too. That's nice. Because this is uh, without kissing time. This is the first absolute yep. first press. And yep. his manager was like, why do you want the back sign? He looks at the back. He goes, oh, I see why. You probably thought I was going to sell it, but I'll never yeah. sell it. Um, I, and the original Casablanca label. Right. Yeah. And uh, which I like the one they came up with later, but that is cool. right. And I, I, I've always been a huge Kiss fan, dude. I actually just last year, I had sold a white label promo of this that was unplayed. I got it at a Kiss, con- oh, did Kiss you really? convention. Yeah. I have a, I have an Alive 2 Japanese white label promo. Do you? Yeah. Did you get that at the show? I did. I I knew it. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I almost bought it. And he was selling it for a lot less. I mean, it, uh, yeah. it's missing the uh, OBI. OBI. That's not a big deal. No. I mean, um, hell, get one printed up. Right. I think it's the same guy I got the Originals 2 from. Oh, Originals 2. Okay. I don't have either of the Originals. It cost me 100 bucks. Yeah. That guy has so many Japanese presses. Yeah. Right. And I think I paid 150 for a live, too. It, it's so hard to find. You can't find those. And it's... Such a good record. Have and you played that one? I have not. They sound incredible. Do Those they, Japanese the white press things are so good. Um, the other great thing about Alive too is the the new studio songs that they recorded mm-hmm. to to round it out. They're great. Right. They're great Kiss records. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ace isn't on those new right studio tracks, but yeah. Yeah, I we t- could really get really deep into Kiss geek. Oh, I love Kiss. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I. But I, I had to have him sign this. And his signature is the absolute greatest. It is, ever. because he has the card on there. Um, one day, I'm going to try to get... My goal was to get all four of them yep. on here. Um, I still haven't ran into Gene. I can't believe it. I'm a huge Kiss fan. I've never met the guys. And I took my son last year right before the pandemic yep. to see them. And he's only three years old. Yep. But he loves Kiss. That's uh, it. I mean, it's you know it's it's a feast for the eyes and ears right. and every other sense I, I thought this was important because this is one of my favorite records in rock oh, and roll it's anyway. it's underrated for sure it, it is and the, the only thing that i don't like about that record is peter's makeup and that's only because he let somebody else do it for the photo shoot. right but his drumming on this is incredible <laughs> oh it's great but it's uh, great i thought this was a good one to bring because it means a lot to oh me, dude you, know? you you just hit it out of the park with kiss yeah, Although, I mean, what's your favorite Kiss album? At least classic. At least classic? Yeah. I was going to say because my... I don't know if it's considered a class... I don't know. I would say Hotter Than Hell is my absolute favorite. Okay. Um, just, I got to go with Rock and Roll Over. That's Very great closely followed by Dress to Kill. Yeah. See, you got to talk to him about all the punk stuff now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would say... Man, I love Hotter Than Hell because like Going Blind is on there. I it's, love that track. That's a great song everything on that strange record, ways strange ways is, I yeah mean, it's very dark and kind of very and different the guitar tone is oh, really yeah. good on those but sonically i was i've never been a fan of that record it's just there's something you know like yeah the way it was the only thing that's miss, the drums seem yeah. to be weird yeah and it on has that. like very little low end they probably i don't know the kiss fanatics could probably tell you how it was recorded but yeah. i'd always heard they'd recorded over tape that was already used Sometimes. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's okay. true or not. That's a possibility. Um, Casablanca trying to save money. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know That's if that's true or not. But, but the, and I was, I, he's not a huge Kiss fan, but he started to be uh, probably because of the association with yeah. me. 
those those freaking repressings that they've done of those Kiss records. Oh, the repressing is amazing. Yeah. So good. They, they really do. I, mean, I actually 15, 16, I think is when those some came out. people get mad at me, but I like the uh, remix of uh, of Destroyer. Oh, uh, Destroyer Resurrected? Yeah. yeah. Everybody I, I seems too. to not yeah. like that, but I think it sounds cool. I do too. And yeah. I have the Kiss guys. When I play at the, uh, when I have the uh, Crossroads music show, I'll have that in the set. They're resurrected. Yeah. I'll have one Kiss guy come up. That's not the original one. What is that? Is that a, <laughs> and a lot of guys have not heard that Resurrected. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, what is that? What because you- it was kind of, I, I don't think the band was really into, I mean, obviously, I don't know if Bob Ezrin probably. I think it's an Ezrin thing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, God of Thunder sounds really good on it does. that Resurrect. It does. Because um, you can actually hear the, which is Bob Ezrin's son, I believe, doing the talking in the beginning. That's oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the YouTube video where they slowed that slowed that down. You can actually hear what's being said. I haven't. And it sounds really scary. Does it? <laughs> slowed down. You got something. It's oh, like really. man. Yeah, but they slowed it down just to hear. It's like the kids saying, okay, you can all start playing. Like, it's so funny what you hear. Yeah. My son thought it was a baby. Yeah. It he sounds like a Yeah, he goes, it's a baby. The baby talking. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not a baby. They just played that New Year's show in Dubai, and they had mm-hmm. to, like, censor themselves. I he, saw that. He couldn't, he couldn't spit blood. They had to change a few lyrics and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. That stage they had for that, man. I think the stage makes wow. up for it. I, you know, people hate on me. The Kiss fans are like elitist punk fans. Yeah, they are. And punk fans hate Kiss, but I. Uh, okay. that, that's probably why. I well, was I mean, they they kind fan. of intersected at the same time. Yeah. What, what's funny about me is is like I don't really I get along with a lot of punk rockers, and then a lot of punk rockers don't like what I like. And sometimes they want to argue with me about yeah music. Some, that's the thing that snobbery and that yeah you know, kind of it's like whatever makes you happy, man. Right. And if you want to play, you know, one and a half minute songs and kick people in the front row and spit on them, go for it. That's your thing. I, yeah. that, cool. I like bands that <laughs> I listen to bands that do that. Pro Mags being one yeah. of them. But like, I love Kiss, man. I do too. And I'm uh, so glad you 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 pulled that out of there. Oh yeah, I. I said, man, these guys got to be, somebody's got to be a Kiss fan. I didn't know what to expect because <laughs> some vinyl guys, they want to talk about Sonny Rollins and, you Oh, know, dude, yeah. I'm a right. huge, I'm right. a huge jazz and fan. And of course, we'll pull out some jazz. Cannonball, Sonny. But my jazz goes to this guy. Wes. Because it's Indianapolis. Yep. yep. And uh, his brother, Monk Montgomery. Monk. Who was fantastic. And I love Wes, dude. Yeah. And, you know, basically one of the best loved jazz guitarists in the world in his right. time and taught himself something cool coming out is a documentary about Wes and some films that he made home films. Like I guess he oh, documented his own I life. I heard something about that. I had no idea. His, his uh, kids are kids are putting it together. Right. Isn't yeah. that something that's, that's incredible. I mean, Indy say what you want about Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. There have been some amazing Artists oh, yeah. from not oh, just indie from the state. And, the uh, state, yeah. I hope. I think my biggest hangup about Indianapolis is I wish they would recognize these guys a little more. I do too. Uh, I wish there were murals everywhere. Yeah. The, and we have so much cool history here. Yeah, and there is, that's that's a good point because there is a lot of like public art here. There are mm-hmm. a lot of murals, and, and the city's beginning to do even more. Yeah. And a lot of that is thanks to Lily and then down right. that they have. 
for the arts. But yeah, a lot I'd more. I'd love to see a Scrapper Blackwell mural. That would be Scrapper cool. well, and Wes. All these guys have gone, I'll, I mean, except for Wes, but a lot of them have gone unrecognized for years. Also, yes. what's really crazy, Memphis Minnie lived here. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know Memphis Minnie wrote uh, When the Levee Breaks. Yep. Yeah, she lived here the last later years of her really? life. Yeah, which is not much known about her then. I she, did not know that. Yeah, huh. Indianapolis. That's cool. crazy. But she's not really, she's still considered more Memphis area musician. Uh, all of Wes's stuff is great, man. Oh, yeah. I got oh, his, God. Uh, God, the RSD release from like two yeah. years ago, the live in Paris. In or, the, or, it's not, is it Paris? Or no, is it, I can't remember. I can't remember where it was, but uh west live show and uh what's really cool is is that his brother's albums um monk's albums are really good uh it's they're out of this world from the late 70s and uh my great grandpa worked at the foundry here in uh indianapolis Mm -hmm. in the like 30s and 40s probably probably the 40s and um monk actually worked at that same foundry but i never i didn't put it together till i was reading this book about monk with Monk Montgomery, an interview with him in it. And I never got the chance to ask my great grandpa if he, if knew, he him. knew him. Yeah. But they did work at the same place. You know, according other, to my dad, the other crazy thing about a lot of these guys it, at that time, you know, he's working a, a full-time job Yes, and playing as a musician on yeah. the side. A lot of these guys would go unnoticed. Yeah. And yeah. if it wasn't exactly. discussed among workers and stuff, and because if, if you have interest online about where these guys used to play around here, the buildings are still here. Some oh, yeah. of them, yeah. and, you know, in near the fountain square area yeah. or outside of there and Wes's house, I won't say the location due to, you know, don't want people going to the address, but yeah. Wes's house, you can research. It's still here. Is it? Yeah. In Indianapolis, like the house is here. I don't know. Who owns it who now? Owns it? Who care? I don't care, but uh, yeah, Wes's house. He lived in, you know, before he, w- during the time that he passed away, it's still here. That's amazing, dude. Well, yeah. that's two amazing ones in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love Wes. So I do too. I, mean, I think he's the greatest so f- jazz guitar kind of, player. Kind of ahead of his time too, because oh, he came yeah. to prominence when instrumental music like that wasn't really right and he kind of crossed a, a lot of the genres too like weaving in and out of jazz into pop and right this is the last record i have here um today this record probably means more to me just than just about anything is chris christopherson's first record oh. ever my dad bought this for me for christmas one year what um, an incredible songwriter dude um, and this has got the best songs on it this album but man my dad did pretty good. He knows what I like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, what he, all? That's that's the Christopherson album, right? Yeah. This what is, all? What all is on it? Um, Sunday morning coming down okay. and uh, before Johnny recorded, right? And it's also got, um, you know, uh, me and Bobby McGee. Me and Bobby McGee. Yep. And you know, help me make it through the night is oh. to beat the devil. Yeah. I mean, for the good times, dude. Yeah, for the good times. What a great record. Darby's Castle. I mean, it has Man, just got so many good songs. He's a living legend, for I, sure. I finally got to see him in 2019 at a casino. Oh, did you? It was awesome. How was he? Because I know that at that point he had started drinking again. He he did great. Did he? I, I just, 
Because I know he was sober for a lot of years yeah. and, and have heard that he's he kind of... He didn't seem to have any issues. He was also with Merle Haggard's band backing him up, which is really, really oh, great. Oh, so he had a great band. Oh, oh yeah, he had a killer band with him. Dude, that record's in great shape. Yeah, and... Where did he get it? My dad got this off eBay oh, for 10 cool. bucks, which is a steal for this record because yeah. you cannot find it anywhere, yeah. hardly. I mean, it's not the rarest record, but God, it's such a good album. It, you know, it it's... A solid fifty dollar record. That's cool. It's just so dude. hard to find this yeah. one. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. God, I just love this album. It, it means more to me than anything, honestly. I don't because, I mean, I don't care about value of records hardly right. anymore. They're just something about this one in particular. My dad knew what I liked. You know what I mean? That's what meant a lot yeah. to me. Oh yeah. Like. There's so much emotion and, and so many other things packed into records. Right. You know, if you get them as gifts, if it's something that you've been looking for for a really long yeah. time, if it's something that you're somewhere and you you have absolutely no expectation of finding it, it and it pops up, I mean, it's just amazing. It, it's so funny because Dad was like, even as a kid, you love that Sunday morning coming down. I said, I know. It's crazy. Like, I just knew to buy that's that a heavy, for you. That's a heavy song, too. Right. And I loved <laughs> it as a kid. I yeah. don't know. Um it just makes yeah, it makes me want to be a songwriter, you know, yeah. this kind of stuff. But that's about it. Man, that is amazing. I, I mean, that, that is a today. that is a great if crate. A part two, I could bring other cool stuff next time. If absolutely, that I think we could we could do multiple shows with you. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we can't thank you enough for coming and talking to us, dude. It's, I it's been awesome. It's 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 so cool to like. I mean, because I don't think any we haven't talked about one of those things that you brought. Except pet sounds. Except pet sounds. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, I, you can't go without talk, right. not, uh, talking about it. And, and it's like, you know, uh, there are a lot of things like, I mean, our deep disc dive uh, episode, I don't know if you listened to it, but it was on Dark Side of the Moon. And there's some crazy, crazy stuff about that record. But the only reason we did that is because it's, you know, that's one of those records that always comes up when you're talking to vinyl dudes. And yeah. pet sounds is starting to come up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's a deep that might disc. be the next that might be the next deep disc dive we do. Yeah, that yeah. it's definitely one you should always do. I think it's a necessity. Yeah. Well, Kit Heyman, thank you very much for coming and visiting us. We also want to thank everybody that's out there on the front lines for us. All the crazy stuff that's going on. Yes. Thank all you, the, everybody. Oh man, got all so the, many friends that are you know doctors, nurses, yeah, and law enforcement there's all kinds of stuff going yeah. on all the time uh, i think it's easy to forget how how tough things are it's a, we yeah. can we can get a little uh arm's length away from it and i just i've since we've been doing this we only did two episodes when this thing wasn't happening or maybe three but not many <laughs> we've been trying to give props to all those people right. people at the grocery stores people, right you know the cashiers the the waiters the waitresses all of the people that are feeding us right through this we just want to spend we just want to send out a special message of thanks and we want to thank everybody for listening and we will catch all of you the next time around <laughs>